Welcome everyone to Screams After Midnight. I am Peter, and joining me as always is Tim. The number one host of <laughs> Screams After Midnight. Mm, is, that, is that accurate? <laughs> I don't know if it is. According to my list. <laughs> Your top two hosts of Screams After Midnight. You got that just sitting around, have you? Uh, welcome everyone. This is not a regular episode. This is the finale to our top 100 horror movies of all time. We've both got our own list. We've both already done numbers 100 through 41. Both times I said, Tim, do you want to do the 40 in this episode? And he said no. So we have 40 <laughs> movies each left to do in this third and final part. Who knows how long this will take. Mm. But uh, To just... be fair, I don't want to do 40 in this episode either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't have a choice this time. <laughs> so... Who knows how long that take? But just remember, the one rule we have is that if one of us says a movie and the other one has mm-hmm. it higher on their list, you say hold, and we hold mm-hmm. it until the next, you know, the person who has it higher gets to it on their list, mm-hmm. and then we'll talk about the movie. We've already had some holds, of course. We've had some unholds where the, it came back around. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll get into everything. But yeah, without further ado, because this is going to take a while, and I've had a lot of recording today. I recorded a collector's cut today, I did a two and a half Ooh. hour video game podcast for Patreon with Ooh. Connor, so I am, um, I'm talked out, so it's the perfect night for a 40 <laughs> entry countdown, but here we are, Tim. Yes. What's your number 40, you dirty bastard? Number 40, uh, that would be the Blair Witch Project. Uh, wait, hold on, hold on, wait, um... Have I had that already? I can't remember. <laughs> hold! Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming... Hold! Okay, hold. Yeah. So, so hold and hold. Right. Hold and hold. Mm-hmm. This is the... This happened last time as well. Is because it's been a... You know, it's been a week since we did the previous mm-hmm. part. There's like a, a little period at the start where I'm not... We're both not sure. Like, wait, wait. Yeah. Have, we done, have we done that already? We've not had mm-hmm. a chance to look. Uh, but cool. Uh, for the record, you had it number 38 last time. So not much of a change. Oh, okay. Yeah, not much of a change at all. Uh, so mm-hmm. yeah, it's your number 40, which means my number 40 is what we're on, which is Phantasm 2. Okay, yeah. you may continue. Thank you. Uh, this <laughs> is down a bit from 26 last time. Uh, I love Phantasm 2. It takes Phantasm and says, let's do a bigger budget, more action movie version of it. And even the main theme gets like a, a cover to sound like an epic action <laughs> theme. And I love that. Uh, I love Reggie being a bigger part of the movie. Mm-hmm. I love that it's the characters being proactive and hunting down the tall man across the country because he's going around all these small towns doing his thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I love what they chose to do with the second movie uh, because it, it very much is the aliens to Phantasm's alien, if that makes Absolutely. sense. <laughs> uh, it's not as good or as creepy, but it's mm-hmm. a lot of fun. I th- I find it very, very enjoyable and easy to watch i know some people have always had a little bit of a vendetta because they read like the universal were helping fund it and they insisted on mm. recasting uh the little brother with a, a more jody villi- yeah or jody he's... no jody's okay. the bigger one i think brother is it yeah. mike i'm thinking of mike that sounds right <laughs> uh mike they wanted more of a leading man and obviously the third movie goes back to the original actor which is a little awkward mm-hmm. but uh even with that it's 
I don't know, like, I, I think it's because we're so used to, like, kids not being the adult versions of the same character that it mm-hmm. doesn't really even faze me. It's it's actually worse when we go to three and I'm like, oh, who's this guy? I'm like, oh, it's, the, it's actually the real person. <laughs> but still, I get used to the other guy's face, so do this. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just, it's phantasm with some money, which is weird. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily for the better, but goddamn, am I not fist pumping as that main theme plays and reggie's making a quadruple barrel shotgun <laughs> to take on the, yes. the 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 demons of hell i mean they're not really demons but they'll do it'll do as a as a sentence yeah no i mean i, I agree with all of that i mean this is a, a super fun movie uh yeah it definitely goes yeah a bit more in the actiony route but it's so much fun that yeah you don't <laughs> really care no it's it's a blast that's a good time. In fact, I think when I first watched these movies, I actually preferred two over one, and that immediately mm-hmm. changed a few years later when I watched them again and went, you know what? No, no, no. Mm-hmm. One is the better movie, not to spoil anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but <laughs> but two is a blast, and I've always had fun watching it. So, mm. uh, yes, my number forty. Tim, what was your number yeah. thirty-nine? Uh, that would be Candyman, the original nineteen ninety-two version. Uh, you may continue. And did you have that last? I don't think you did, Tim. This is a new entry for you. Interesting. Okay. Um, no, I think there's a lot you know to like about this movie. Uh, I think it looks great. It has a really good score. Uh, you know, it's one of those movies where there's you know there's some kind of like real life stuff that you know they bring into it. Like you know, talks a lot about like kind of the housing and you know issues and stuff going on there, and kind of like. You know, that was a lot to say about like, you know, race and injustice and all, all this kind of stuff. And then but then, uh, yeah, you also got like some really cool horror moments and just a great, you know, uh, even though like, you know, technically, I feel like Candyman's not like in the movie a bunch, but he's still like a very, you know, iconic, uh, you know, character. I don't think um, it happens as much now, but I feel like there was a time when you're talking about Michael, Freddy, Jason. So like, I, th- I feel like he was definitely in the B tier for a while where people would say, oh, mm-hmm. what if Candyman fights? so-and-so yeah i think that's died down now i don't think people actually bring him up in that context anymore but for a while i think they did i think unfortunately like i i mean i, I don't know if everyone feels this way but i, I do think the sequels like kind of <laughs> brought his status down a, a little bit um farewell I, to actually, the flash what are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's a, a great subtitle but it it's is, yeah. unfortunately <laughs> not that great uh and it only really got worse but the i actually didn't mind the I don't know, reboot, requel, whatever you would call it. Um, not really good enough to, to make the list, but I thought there was some, uh, you know, good stuff to it. But uh, it, it does suck. It would be nice to see, you know, him fully back. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think this is still a, a very, you know, tight, great little horror movie. Yeah, I like the first Candyman. I've liked it more as I've gotten older. It didn't quite make my make my list. I think mm-hmm. I love what the movie's saying and, and how it's using horror to talk about its, its very serious subjects and its social commentary. Uh, I think the actual surface level movie isn't as compelling as the subtext, if that makes any sense. But I do I do enjoy it quite a mm-hmm. bit. And Tony Todd's obviously very memorable oh, amazing, as yeah. Candyman. So uh, no, no complaints there. Mm-hmm. My number 39, which is... Uh, no, it's up a little bit from 47. And that is A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Um, wait, did I did I have that earlier? Maybe you did. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, I have that at my 51. Okay. Oh, it's an unhold. So an unhold, yeah. Oh, very nice. Okay, there we go. <laughs> That's fun. 
uh yeah this is just this is definitely a movie that's more style than substance because it's not actually that much plot mm-hmm. but god damn it's black and white cinematography is this vampire who is just kind of falling for someone but also stalking the streets for bad people and it's just Mm-hmm. Some of the sequences of her just stalking people down the streets, or even the weirder mm-hmm. stuff like her riding a skateboard, or or, or just mm-hmm. dancing as she's like getting ready to go out, it's just it's very yeah. hypnotic and very different. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, if I had one word to describe the movie, I would say hypnotic. Like, mm-hmm. it just the, the visuals, it just really sucks you in. It's just absolutely gorgeous. Uh, and you know, it's still a good movie. You know, like. <laughs> regardless of, of that stuff but that's really what you know sells it like what you're watching it it's, it's what it puts it about I, I think without the cinematography i'd probably still enjoy it but mm-hmm. it wouldn't be on this top 100 for both of us i don't think if it wasn't right, for yeah. that gorgeous uh imagery that the, the movie just hits you with repeatedly so mm-hmm. yeah it's uh it's, it's beautiful and it's highly recommended mm-hmm. it's 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 a very different tone to a lot of movies like the vampire is not really the villain in this yeah. she's kind of this <laughs> chaotic neutral or chaotic good element <laughs> like, i don't know and this anti-hero kind of uh, yeah <laughs> I think that probably applies yeah that probably applies in this case and then i always like to mention in case you know because not everyone knows because it's a little obscure but they did actually like several years later make a, a comic book uh based on the movie and uh obviously it's black and white as well and it's just it's a really beautiful looking book so if like yeah, if you you watch the movie and you love those visuals, my cat's knocking everything over. Uh, but yeah, if if you want that same type of like you know beautiful black and white imagery, but in comic book form, I recommend seeking that out. Cool. All right, what is your number thirty eight? Uh, that would be Train to Busan. Uh, oh, I think that's a hold, Tim. Okay, <laughs> I I feel like that is a that is a. a, a I'm trying to find it. I should probably have read over my list before we started, <laughs> just so that I could be quick on these uh, mm-hmm. these draws. Uh, unless I already had that, which is... It might be an unhold. I, I could, it that could be, be possible. Oh, no, it's a hold. It's a hold. It's a hold. All right. Spoiler alert, I, I can... If you want to do a little side bet, I can almost guarantee my next two are going to be holds as well, but... <laughs> I'm not going to take that bet, because I think you know me well enough, so I'm just going <laughs> to... Maybe people at home can... Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to soldier on. themselves. So. Uh, what was that for you, though, 38, you said? 38. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I rate it in my, my database here, because at the end, I can tell mm-hmm. you some stats, and that's going to be fun. Ooh. Uh, so, 38. All right, well, my number 38, then, is what we're on, then, I guess, and <laughs> that is a new entry for me and it is the Ooh. transfiguration oh okay all right yeah go yeah. on yeah it's another uh vampire movie actually but it's a very different mm-hmm. vampire movie this is a vampire movie where the main character isn't really a vampire he just thinks he is or mm-hmm. or wants to be and it's very much about him and why he's done this like it's this very in-depth character drama effectively of like what circumstances in his life, his surroundings, mm-hmm. the fact that his parents aren't around, that it's just him and his big brother, the fact that he feels that society kind of sees him as a monster, so he kind of intentionally becomes like a a literal movie monster. Mm-hmm. But it's very much this awkward kid who's quiet and is confronted with all these awful situations, and there's a bit of a an awkward romance, or at least an awkward crush that that comes out mm-hmm. of it as well, which is very endearing to watch, but. It's absolutely a horror movie, and 
but there's scenes where he stalks people and bites them and it's very <laughs> different because it isn't like a typical vampire movie this is definitely one that veers into like really i won't say artsy necessarily i mean it does have some artistic moments but i would mm-hmm. say it's a really a really unique drama that uses horror as a as an exploration for like how the kid ticks and the fact yeah, that he's that's a good explanation yeah and how he's doing these things is really good. yeah we did it on the because i watched that separate from the show mm-hmm. and then said we need to do this and then a couple of years later <laughs> we did it <laughs> um and i i just like it kind of blew me away when i watched it, it was such a different take and I know people are probably saying, what about Martin? Isn't that kind of like this concept? And I guess it kind of is. But Martin didn't click with me in the same way. I don't know if it's just like mm. a generational thing where because this kid's alive in a... Mar- Not that I'm living in like a, a rough neighborhood in like New York mm-hmm. or wherever the kid's living in, but it still just kind of stuck with me. The theme stuck with me a lot more, I think, than Martin did when I saw that. I've only seen that the one, so maybe I'll like it more when we do it for the show eventually, but... Uh, that's another one where i'm waiting for them to put out a you know get a nice blu-ray or something sorry because i've seen, only seen martin once and it's uh yeah i don't remember much but mm. i i think they have like a uk version i don't, I don't know this must be something about romero because i feel like a lot of his movies get have been getting uk releases but not in the u.s like um dawn mm. of the dead and martin yeah. and stuff but weird rates issues probably yeah, for the u.s mm. uh, but uh, no, i agree though this is a really you know very good movie <laughs> yeah yeah uh that's really good stuff so uh that's my number 30 what was your number 37 uh keeping the vampire train going my number 37 is near dark that will be a hold you're correct oh. <laughs> surprise surprise yeah but i'm sure you probably had this last time i expect uh yeah you had this at number 38 last time oh that's very close that's <laughs> you, oh wow that's that's one <laughs> you're one up from last time very okay. good so that was your 37 my mm-hmm. 37, which is down a little bit from 27, is The Burbs. Oh, okay. <laughs> you you <sighs> can continue. <laughs> I've got all the unique picks, apparently, this time, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, The Burbs is a horror comedy. It's uh, a Joe Dante movie. I love Joe Dante, right? Mm-hmm. Dick Miller's in it, because you always have to have Dick Miller in a Joe Dante movie. Mm-hmm. You don't remember Dick Miller being a running thing in the last episode, do you? Okay. I, I remember. Yeah. All right, all right. He's no sold that. As if it... <laughs> so, but it's basically it's Tom Hanks and his neighbors, and they live in this typical American cul-de-sac, and they're all friendly with each other. And then this weird family move in who look like they're out of some horror movie. And it's all about the obsession of your neighbors and thinking that they're up to something. And it's just very endearing because it's kind of like these characters, whether you agree with what they're doing or not, it's like, them suddenly having this obsession with trying to find out what these creepy neighbors are up to mm. and if they're dangerous. Uh, I mean, you could argue it sends some of the wrong message in some way, but I, I think by the end <laughs> it has a lot of heart, uh, especially since, I mean, they do kind of turn out to be doing something. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> there's, there's, there's definitely stuff going on behind those creepy doors. Uh, but this is just like, I love Joe Dante movies, and this is, it's all set in this one street, it's all about these fun characters, Corey Feldman's got a small role, obviously Joe Dante worked with him on Gremlins, so that was kind of like a, Mm -hmm. you know, a friendly casting, I suppose, but Mm -hmm. there's just something so endearing about the characters he has in his movies, and it it feels weird to say he's just so good at making fun, but he is, like, all of Mm -hmm. his, when I think of Explorers, I think of Gremlins, I think of... Uh, you know inner space or or anything else they're, they're all just so but, like endearing it's just it's it's a very unique skill 
No, I mean, yeah, he's a he's a master, and it's uh, it's a shame that it feels like he doesn't really get as much you know recognition, or maybe doesn't you know his name doesn't always come up like in conversation like with some of the other greats and mm. stuff. But uh, I mean, he is like super reliable. Like I can't think of any movies that you know uh, that are just like total flops or whatever. Like you said, they always have like this kind of whimsy or fun to them that you know, yeah, they're very watchable. Uh, I I do like the Burbs, but I um. It's not a movie I grew up with, so I, I I like it, but I don't really have as much nostalgia for it as I do like other Dante movies or kind of eighties comedies in general. But it's funny uh, you say I that. Enjoy it because I, I didn't grow up with it either. I saw I saw the first oh, time yeah. I saw it was the Blu-ray. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, it's just like I I only saw Matinee for the first time last year finally, and mm-hmm. I really liked that as well. Like the dude, the dude mm-hmm. was honestly I think the Helen's one of his worst movies. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was gonna say, uh, just, just the, the turn of turn of events. Uh, <laughs> all right, what, what, what's your number thirty six? That would be the twenty thirteen Evil Dead. Oh, hold, hold, you hold that <laughs> son of a bitch. Uh, okay, you were right. You don't win anything, but you were right. <laughs> okay, that was your number. Those 36. were easy ones. Yeah, yeah, I figured they were. All right, my number. Oh, by the way, that was. That's up for you, actually. Okay. You had that at 79 last time. Okay. <laughs> that shot right up. Good, Tim. It's the correct it's direction. Legs. <laughs> it does have legs. Has more than two legs. Uh, <laughs> so my number 36, which is up quite a bit as well, actually, from 57 hmm. last time, is the original oh. version of The Omen. Oh, okay. You, you may continue. Oh, really? Okay. All right. Enter. Uh, so mm-hmm. I, I watched all the omens. We've not done them in the show yet, funnily mm-hmm. enough, right? It's, this is one of the, I guess, bigger franchises we've not gotten to yet. But I watched it. Well, they have a new one coming out too, so we'll probably have to. Wait, do yeah. they? What's this, what's this uh, news? Yeah. yeah, they just. Uh, I, I think it's like a prequel, of course, because you can't just do oh. you know, a, a sequel or whatever. But uh, they just released like a you know teaser image or something. Uh, okay, recently. Well. Fair enough. We'll have a reason to do it soon then, I guess. <laughs> but uh, I was doing a top 10 kills uh, video, and <laughs> I watched all five Omen movies. That's right, all five. That's uh, one through four in the remake. And I think two actually has some really cool kills in it. It's not a great movie, mm-hmm. but the kills are really good. And then three has, like, one good kill, and then four is four is kind of laughably bad in places, so it's not a mm-hmm. complete disaster to watch. The remake is painfully set through. <laughs> Jesus, I am not looking forward to doing that on the show. Mm-hmm. But the first movie, I never, I mean, I always liked the first movie, but when I watched that again, I was like, you know what? This actually does hold up better than I thought it did. Like, like mm. the, the, the build up to the kill scenes are good. It is almost paced like a slasher movie in the way that it builds up to each of these kills, uh, but teasing them via the, the glimpses you get in the photographs. And some of them are very memorable. I love the operatic score, the chanting. I think the performances of both uh, Gregory Peck and David Warner, who would go, um. who would go on to be a, a you know a lot of stuff. He's a very varied character actor. Most mm-hmm. most people our age grew up with them in Teenage Mutant yes. Ninja Turtles yes. Two: The Secret <laughs> of the Years. Brilliant performance. Yeah, <laughs> but he was in the Supergirl movie. He was in a, oh. he was in an episode of Babylon Five. He's played a diff- couple of different Star Trek characters amongst mm. whatever other small roles he's had. But he's in there. He's the photographer in The Omen. Um, mm-hmm. But as, as far as the movie goes about building up to this idea of 
of someone believing their son is the Antichrist or the son of the Antichrist. <laughs> it, it really does a good job convincing of that. And honestly, the movie's quite like for 1976, that first kill, which, you know, I don't think it's spoiling much to say that the nanny hangs yeah. herself off the side iconic. of the house. Yeah. It, it's a very iconic scene. But mm-hmm. her yelling, it's all for you, Damien, smiling and then hanging herself is mm-hmm. super dark. And it, that moment, that scene holds up well. And Richard Donner's direction mm-hmm. is is wonderful. It's so well directed. And that that was the thing that I'd I forgotten about. It's a Donner movie. Yeah. yeah, like that's what he did before Superman. It was the omen. It's such a weird <laughs> bit of trip. Because you know, he, he did Superman and then Lethal Weapons, the Goonies. Like, they're not all the same, but there's definitely mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, he's, he's sort of jumping between action and family a bit for the rest of his career. Uh, and then this is just like no this is like a straight horror movie and I think one of the things I said when I was talking about it the last time on a video was that maybe the reason why he never really did a horror movie again is because he just kind of nailed it so much that he didn't feel he needed to sure. he's like yeah. I've done it I've done, I've done what I can give to the horror world I'm done <laughs> uh, yeah so it's, it's good. Uh, the Kubrick method uh, <laughs> yeah I did the shading uh, and yeah um, I'm good I'm done I'm out <laughs> I'm gonna go make Full um, Metal Jacket <laughs> uh, I, I do like this movie too but I, I do feel like I need to price like watch it one or two more times before maybe like adding mm. it to the list or something um, I, I've probably seen it once or twice but it's been scattered throughout the years I know I did a rewatch probably a few years ago at some point because I got the, the Blu-ray box set um, and I, I watched all of them uh, and I mean yeah the, the first one definitely holds up and has lots of uh, you know pretty memorable moments Um and then obviously I have a, um, a cat named Damien, so I've I've spent many a time having to explain to people like, no, I, I named him after Batman's kid, not not the, the Omen kid. Uh, that's funny. I'll be honest. I think sometimes I forget that and just assume it's the Omen kid because it's the first thing I think of when I hear yeah, Damien. I mean, I'll I just gotta start <laughs> accepting it. The either like either way, like sure, whatever. Like, I mean, essentially, like, I don't know if I've ever heard him explicitly say it in, like, any interviews or anything, but I assume Morrison named Damien after the Omen because he's, like, such a little shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a solid reasoning anyway. The, the lineage goes back to the Omen one way or the other, I suppose. Yeah. I feel like that's one of, like, it, it's also, again, I always think it's interesting, you know, talking about these things that have just permeated pop culture, but I feel like, you know... Like we pretty much like lost out on the name Damien because like I feel like you can't name someone Damien and not think of that person as evil. Like <laughs> you know, like I, I like I feel like there's probably so many people that um, you know if they were thinking about naming their kid are just like oh, we can't name our after like the most famous like evil baby. There, is, there are some younger history. Damien's. There's there's a Damien Chazelle director. I think he's younger than the movie. Okay, well maybe uh, maybe it's starting to kind of wear out like uh maybe it's just like a generation <laughs> or something but uh, I, I feel like we'd have a lot more damien's if it wasn't for this movie i was gonna say another one but i think it's i think the other one i was thinking of was damon not damien so uh, yeah. disregard all right that was my 36 what's your number 35 to me uh that would be barbarian uh wait is this a, if you is uh, yeah, hold this might be an unhold yeah this is an unhold i had that 60 so very good. Okay, thank you. So I think this came out last year, right? Yeah, yeah, last year. It was last yeah. October. Okay, yeah. Or maybe it was September, but it was still out during October season. Yeah. Yeah, this was a, you know, so relatively new. Uh, this is just such a, you know, in an impressive debut, I thought. Um, 
you know, there there is you know something pretty unique about the movie that you don't, really don't want to spoil. Uh, but it is such um, you know going in one of the classic movies that like you kind of have to go in cold. Like it, I feel bad for anyone that you know <laughs> had it ruined uh, for them. But there's such a turn uh, that was so surprising, and um, yeah, the director uh, Zach uh, Greger, I believe. Um, you know who who you know has a comedy background, so it's a uh, you know, very interesting that he, you know, uh, well I guess it's not that interesting because we see lots of examples like this, like you know Jordan Peele obviously being the other big one, but uh, just really like knocked it out of the park. He's so good at creating tension, especially like the first whatever I don't know twenty thirty ish minutes of the movie where you think it's going this one way, and it does such a good job of making you like try to think ahead and what's going to happen and like doubting characters' motives, and then. Uh, just upending that and then actually, yeah, incorporating lots of really cool horror elements. So uh, this is just such a, yeah, impressive movie, <laughs> I thought. Yeah, I was kind of blown away with how good the direction was. Like, right from the first second, like, the first scenes of this woman going to an Airbnb and the tension of waiting outside in the rain, of not being able to get in, the misunderstanding, like... Mm -hmm. You're th and if you don't, if you go in cold, like you should, you're like, well, where's this going? Is is the guy that's here going to going to? Is he bad? Or, or <laughs> is 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 she bad? Like who? Mm. Like who's vulnerable here? What's like? It really plays with your expectations continuously and goes places. Uh, I liked it a lot. I just didn't. I mean, you give it a ten when we reviewed it, and I was like, I really liked it, but I'm not jumping straight to the ten. But it's one of the more memorable horror movies from a new creative mind. And it, like you said, he's been around in other forms, but in the horror world, he's a new director. So, yeah, I'm game. Which, by the way, reminds me, did you see the first photo from Robert Edgar's Nosferatu today? Uh, oh, buddy, I was like, <laughs> I was sinking in my chair. I, I can't wait. I'll, uh, again, if you want to put like a side bet or something, oh. I don't know, maybe I'm starting to develop a gambling problem. But I, <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like that's going to be, you know, the the movie of 2024 like i can't imagine something I feel be like, better than that <laughs> i feel like if it's not in discussion for best horror and i'm not saying there won't be something else that surprises us because honestly i hope there will be absolutely obviously yeah, yeah. but mm -hmm. if it's not in the discussion for best horror movie of 2024 then it's at least a little disappointing yeah <laughs> i think that's absolutely. that's fair <laughs> anyway uh so that was your 35, 35. and my mm -hmm. 60 or whatever i said uh so my number 35 uh, which is down just a little bit from 28 from last time is scream okay you may continue i thought i thought yeah uh yeah scream scream it's important i think there's a lot of people in my generation who for who scream is one of the first horror movies they kind of saw which is mm -hmm. funny because it's obviously very referential and inspired and calling back to a lot of other horror movies but it definitely sort of had a zeitgeist thing about it. It was in pop culture in a way when it came out. And I remember watching it when it hit the movie channels, which is when I saw it, I believe, for the first time, which was meant it was probably 1997 when I saw it. Uh, <laughs> I would, if I was to guess, maybe late 96. So I was young, right? So it may have been, the, if not the first horror movie I saw, then certainly in the first handful. <laughs> but I was, I was drawn to them. I remember actually feeling tension as a kid watching some of the scenes because i wasn't used to any of that yet now nothing phases me but you know when i was seven or eight uh, <laughs> it, it did hit a little bit it's just you know it's got its own gimmicks is the, the whole calling the the victim taunting them over the phone uh this was right around the time when a mobile phone or a cell phone was really starting to become more common 
amongst people mm-hmm. and in this case teenagers who could use them in this way and they used it to real great effect i mean to be honest like i think i sometimes think of mobile phones not being common until like 98 99 and then i remember oh no but scream mm-hmm. like scream already yeah. had them <laughs> and maybe that was a little ahead of the game but i don't really think so i think craven and co really crafted this thing around a new piece of technology that i don't think is aged badly i feel like sometimes when new movies try to like incorporate like new things like social media or specific things like smartphones they sometimes feel outdated very quick but i think Mm -hmm. because just the idea of having a cell phone has not really changed the the phones themselves have gotten more advanced obviously but i I don't think Mm -hmm. it's it's hindered it over over time but yeah it's very memorable it's got a lot of characters and a lot of quotes that you can you can think of quite quickly um Mm -hmm. yeah i I, you know i don't i don't have much more there's there's fun set Mm -hmm. pieces there's the you know the i'll just say the camera with the delay is a really great bit that always stuck out when I was younger. Mm-hmm. So, no, I mean it's it's certainly you know a, a masterpiece. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people, especially our age, would attest. Um, I, I think there's a lot to like, um, but I don't know. I just feel like I'm just not much of a slasher guy, <laughs> and I think that. Like, if you notice, like, my taste in slashers, like, a lot of times will tend towards, like, the goofier, sillier <laughs> kind of ones. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I can notice that. But see, I mean, it's not like I, uh, like, I obviously don't hate, you know, um, slashers, uh, you know, and even, like, you know, very good ones, like, I'll appreciate on a level. Like, I, I like Scream a, a lot. It's just not, like, a personal favorite of mine, but I totally understand why, yeah, people, especially of our, you know, around the age of us or so, or, you know, are very captivated by it. Yeah. And people with bad taste our age also think, I know what you did last summer is, like, one of the best horror movies ever made, and that is <laughs> baffling. That's the that's the worst thing about Scream, is, like, just the, <laughs> the wave of imitators that it, it led to. Ah, yeah. Some of them are kind of, like, fun bad to watch now, because mm-hmm. they, they kind of take you back to this weird time in your life, where, like, oh, I remember all these trashy Scream knockoffs coming out over the... the yeah. And it was very mainstream, it wasn't like it was these underground, it was like, no, that was... It was like Columbia TriStar putting out I Know What You Did Last Summer. It was... Uh, I can't remember who put out Urban Legend, but it was another studio. <laughs> you know, another big studio. <laughs> anyway. Uh, no, Scream, Scream's a good time. Uh, it's important to... My, like, Let's be honest, there wasn't a lot of important horror in the 90s for my generation to cling on to. Sure, yeah. All right? That's fair. And Scream was about it. I feel like... Yeah, I feel like going back, like, you know, the last couple of years of doing this show, like, I have found, like, little gems here and there from the 90s but yeah it was pretty bare because I, th- I think we did a list from the 90s did we not and i remember saying we were going to do a top, sounds about right <laughs> we're going to do like a top 50 and then we realized i don't think we can and i said top 25 <laughs> and then i think eventually i was like no it's just a top 20 and it was just purely because <laughs> as, as we tried to make our list we realized that we don't like enough of these movies to have it be a yeah. top 50 <laughs> or even a top 25 so yeah the 90s is, is a bit of a tougher time obviously later in life i've discovered things like ringu and audition and you mm-hmm. know but that, you know again notably foreign movies that were they you know being held yeah, up as some of the didn't best have access there yeah so anyway that's my number 35 what is your number 34 well speaking of foreign movies uh my number 34 is house aka Houseu, the 1977 japanese film yeah, you may continue. Although I will tell you, this is down a little bit. You had this at twenty four mm. last time. Mm, okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is just uh, an absolute 
insane movie, but it is like my kind of bag. Uh, it is just it's very vibrant and colorful and wacky and silly, but in such a fun way. I mean, you have like killer pianos and floating heads biting people on the butt. <laughs> Tim, and... I was about to say we did this on the show because you made me. And I think the only thing I could maybe remember was some screaming girls and a floating piano, but I may be mixing up two yeah. different things. There. <laughs> I mean, well, I don't know what kind of movies you're watching, but um, I mean, there's definitely that stuff <laughs> that's in there. Uh, all the characters are, of course, just named after what they're interested in. So you have Kung Fu and uh, I forget if one was, I forget if it's like books or or just smart. Uh, so it's Venture just like, Spinners. Yeah. Uh, so it's like this, this weird level of surrealness. Uh, but I mean, that's what really makes it stand out for me is that it's so weird, but also so, uh, again, to use a term, uh, hypnotic, like it's like, uh, it's very crazy, but you know, uh, but also very vibrant and colorful in a way that just looks absolutely uh, amazing. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, one I, 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 you know, like to come back and watch every now and again, cause I just, uh, enjoy the like the kind of world that it sets up is so weird and bizarre <laughs> it's definitely weird uh i didn't hate watching it but i i definitely couldn't tell you much about it even though i saw it <laughs> so you know credit to the weird one i guess uh my number 34 is an unhold and that is uh it's up a little bit from 38 last time for me and that is the mm. blair witch project oh okay <laughs> Yeah, so th- this is a movie that um, I remember not liking until we did it for the show, and then I went, you know what, this movie actually is kind of genius, and I feel bad that I've just ignored it for like 15, 20 years. <laughs> so so you had seen it before, but then, it, so it's not like you had never seen it, right? Yeah, I had seen it when I was relatively okay, young okay. and didn't mm-hmm. like it, and then when we did it for the show, I'm like, actually, this movie's great. What was it? <laughs> I, was, I was just wrong. Young me was wrong. <laughs> Yeah, it's very good. It's very inventive. It, it, you know, the actual forest they're they're trapped in feels really creepy. The things that happen to them just do, do feel like these little, like you know, walking in a big circle. When even though they've been walking mm-hmm. in one direction, it just feels like some force is keeping them from leaving. And so much of it's your imagination, but it mm-hmm. always feels like really smart with how it's doing it, and it never just feels like. You know, I feel like when you watch other movies try to pull this shit, you you kind of just end up <laughs> going, ah, oh, you can't show anything, so you're saying this but right, this is yeah. so smart the way they realize certain things and the way that their their demeanor changes as they get more scared as they start to lose hope that they're ever going to leave the forest mm-hmm. uh, and the ending's I, iconic so it's just it's great stuff yeah i absolutely love the way they set up the lore in this like uh there's they do such a and I, you know i guess it you know helps that it's like yeah they're making like a fake doc or well they're making like a documentary and stuff uh but yeah, the way it kind of dishes out like the little snippets of the legend and stuff, and then we start to see it, you know, unfold to them uh, in the woods. Um, yeah, I think I. Th- this is another one with with me as well, where like I I remember watching it uh, and liking it when it first came out, and then I do think I like I don't think I ever hated it, but there was a part of me that thought like ah well it it is get like a little boring in in the middle and stuff and I, and i do think there are parts that are kind of slow and stuff but it's like again it kind of works in a strange way because of yeah like what you're setting up and what you're watching and it's i mean we're so used to it now but like at the time it came out like there've been a few found footage things before but this was kind of like a new experience like 
yeah know, and so and funnily enough i think it's still one of the best like i think so many mm-hmm. other found foods we just do the tropes and i feel like this doesn't i feel like for the most part it's doing interesting things and the yeah. characters and this, I think this is the big thing for me is the characters feel like real people like they absolutely they, yeah. they have that perfect blend of not feeling like actors but not just being shit at acting if that makes any sense where you're not going agree. you know <laughs> oh there's something in the forest over there i'm getting scared <laughs> like you know there's none of that but there's also this kind of natural quality to them where it feels like yeah you don't feel like you've acted and stuff and you probably haven't acted in much since either <laughs> like you feel like you're just flashing a pan and i mean that in a, a good way like lightning stri- struck and this mm-hmm. was the perfect combination of of talent and the roughness of it makes it feel more real to the mm-hmm. point where people at the time actually some people thought it was a real bit of footage and obviously it's not they wouldn't put it in theaters if it was footage of people dying like <laughs> how stupid can people yeah. be but- <laughs> <laughs> i think like i don't think i ever went that far to think that but i i do remember like being kind of confused by it like just being like all right so wait what exactly is this like all right so it's not real but is it like like i, I don't i don't even remember like what i thought but um yeah no it's just uh it's it's very interesting to see like yeah where we've come from like to, oh, yeah. to be around like the start of like a new type of movie um I, yeah and i think like i was saying with the characters like i think if you if you if their fear and reactions to what was going on didn't feel as real as it does. I don't think mm-hmm. all these things that we never see that is just implied via what we don't see would have mm-hmm. any effect. I think the whole thing would fall yeah. flat. I think it's so important to that movie that they feel genuinely mm-hmm. terrified. And they do. So that's why it works. Yeah. And it's also just become like a big um like comfort fall film for me too like I just love seeing the like crunchy leaves oh. <laughs> and stuff like you're like, honey, it's Thanksgiving. It's time for Blair Witch Project. <laughs> well, it's more about like uh, usually the start of October, maybe like late November or I'm sorry, late September, like leading into October. I feel like it's a good bridge from like, you know, going full horror movie October watching and, and just being like, all right, no, it's like, you know, start of fall and okay. leaves are falling and it's getting a little cooler. I don't know. Just it, it gives me those fall vibes, especially like. You know, now that I'm on the West Coast, I don't get that kind of East Coast fall anymore. And, um, you know, so it kind of brings me back to that a little bit. Uh, brings you back to a time when there was actually seasons. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, that was my number 34. What was your 33? That would be Carrie from 1976. Oh, interesting. Uh, this is a new entry for you. Oh, okay. also, uh, hold. <laughs> okay <laughs> all right uh so that was your 33 you said yes sir okay right i hold um very dirty good. tree dirty tree i'm from ireland <laughs> dirty tree i apologize to any irish audience members that are listening to this <laughs> i don't <laughs> yeah but they're more like neighbors to me i have to be nice to them that's true <laughs> I'll, I'll 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 do like a like a an offensive American accent happily, Tim, without feeling bad about it. <laughs> you got a pretty mad boy. Oh dear. That's offensive, right? Okay. Um my number thirty three, which is actually up one space from last time from thirty four, and that is okay. Wreck. Uh that is an unhold? I... Uh, yeah, okay, yeah. Right. I, uh, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, on hold. Good. Mm-hmm. Uh, found footage, funnily enough. I had two found footage in a row. I didn't even realize oh, that right, or mean right, it. Yeah. Uh, that's one of my f- favorite found footage movies because it's. I, I think it mm-hmm. it justifies why the characters keep filming more than normal because mm-hmm. this is literally a reporter who wants to have a juicy story, which is the best reason for them to want to keep like. Because if they think they're going to survive and get back to a news station with all this footage, mm-hmm. they think, "Oh, that's it. My career's made. That's that's a that's awards mm-hmm. up the ass, baby. Like I, I'm I'm going straight to the the Pulitzer. Up the ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so yeah, this is the movie where it's this is this reporter and our cameraman doing just a crappy like, oh, we're going to hang out with the firefighters uh, throughout mm-hmm. the, the night and see what they get up to, and when they get called out at like two a.m. But when they get called out to this apartment building, it's actually a zombie outbreak, and mm-hmm. the actual tension rising as it spreads throughout the building, and the building gets quarantined from the outside, and they're not allowed outside. All that stuff's really fun, and I think it's a really effective movie because of that. I think on top of all that, though, I think the last 10 minutes gives a really mm-hmm. cool lore dump where it's like, hey, this isn't like a typical zombie movie. There's a, there's a, a slightly more... It's almost like it's borrowing from a different subgenre, the reason for the zombie mm-hmm. outbreak. And I, I think that's yes. really interesting. I think the last 10 minutes... It's like it's like it's a good movie, and then the last ten minutes elevate it to like, okay, this is like something I'm never going to forget because of the way it wrapped up. I I think, and this is probably maybe a you know a, some of the you know worst lessons that other found footage movies find uh, or or got from like the Blair Witch Project, but I feel like there's a lot of found footage movies that are just dull and boring until yeah, like the last five or ten minutes, and then that's mm. when they have their big set piece or, or whatever. Um, What's great about this is, yes, the last 10 minutes are phenomenal. <laughs> phenomenal. Phenomenal. Uh, phenomenal, phenomenal. phenomenal. <laughs> Very tired. But, uh, We're not even in the, in the, the, the 20s yet, Tim. Come on. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but the whole movie, though, it, it's paced really well. Like, it's like there really isn't a dull moment. Like, even, you know, oh, it's, the it's, start of the movie. It's ups and downs. It's like a roller coaster. There's lots yeah. of, like, because the zombies are fast zombies. So there's all these adrenaline moments <laughs> where, like, something's charging at them or whatever. Yeah yeah like even like you know the when you're setting up the characters and stuff they're very likable so it's like not really like you know you're not looking at your watch being like all right let's get to the good stuff like no it's all very uh you know charming and uh yeah and the, the, i feel like the horror kind of starts you know pretty quickly and then uh yeah even when there are like the calmer moments like you're it does a good job of like creating tension and just this idea of like what the hell's going on that it really keeps you on your seat and this is the opposite of Blair Witch, is that we're not in like an infinite forest where it feels like there's nothing no, true, yeah. nothing to yeah. recognize. It feels more like, no, we get to know the building, we know the lobby. We don't know every floor, but we get the idea of what the layouts are and where the doors are. So it sets yeah. up, okay, this floor is dangerous now. We have to go past it to get to try and get somewhere else. It, mm-hmm. you, know, you get used to the layout of the building, so you start to be able to sort of understand and anticipate where they have to run to and that you can sort of like see certain moments coming in, in a way that's intended where you're like, oh shit, if they go past there, that's going to go into that zombie where we, because we know that they're in there or something. Like, there's a sense of like understanding the layout that I think works, works really well uh, with Wreck. Absolutely. So, uh, no, it's very good. That was my number 33. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was your 32? Uh, that would be Suspiria 1977. Um, which. Which, what? Oh, I thought you were going to jump in. Um, no, nah, you may continue, but uh, this is down from 22. 
Okay, there you go. Uh, I I just think it's I didn't realize this when I was doing the list, but I just realized I had House, uh, which you know the I only put the year when it's like you know a movie that had a remake or, or something, so I need to differentiate. Um, but I didn't realize I had House from 1977, then Carrie 1976, and then Suspiria 1977. So, um, that's just kind of funny. Oh, because it's just sequential, very yeah. yeah. Very good. Well, 77, 76, then back to 77. <laughs> oh, okay. Right. Um, but no, I mean yeah, I'm an Argento fanboy and um. Obviously, Suspiria is kind of like, you know, a lot of people's fan favorites, uh, you know, when it comes to him. And there's definitely a lot to like. Um, obviously, the music is very iconic in this. The Goblin soundtrack, uh, it is very, you know, atmospheric and uh, haunting. Uh, there's a lot of like really cool kills and then a lot of like, you know, that just really like vibrant jello, you know, look to it, like, you know, the, the blood and stuff and uh, there's just kind of this weirdly otherworldliness <laughs> to it that uh, I don't know. I just I really like the the atmosphere and it's uh, yeah, very weird, very captivating. Yeah, it's very pretty. Uh, I think the plot's a little bit just kind of light though for me in this one, so I don't like it as much That's as fair. some of yeah. some of his other movies. Like I, I like Tenebrae more. I like Crystal mm-hmm. Plumage more. I like uh, Deep Red, Cat and Into. Like you know, there's like a whole list of his movies that I like more than Suspiria. But I, I do like see why people like it though. It's very pretty. Yeah, no, I think like I I agree. Like the story isn't like amazing or anything by any stretch. But I think uh, yeah, the big sell of the movie is yeah the look and the soundtrack it, again is like like those together just uh, make it such a I don't know. It's like an endless uh, rewatchability for me. Like I just, I really like that look and sound of it. All right. Well, my number thirty-two is a very quick unhold because my number thirty-two <laughs> is Carrie. Okay. Yeah. See you later. Very uh, close. Uh, oh, just missed it. <laughs> yeah. Also, new entry for me as well. So neither of us had okay. Carrie last time, but we both have it this time. That's very interesting. Yeah, De Palma, baby. That's the magic of uh... <laughs> Well, I think it's interesting, though, because we, like, when we did it for the show, it mm-hmm. seems like both of us sort of realized, oh, wait, this is, like... Because we'd both seen it before, but neither of us had it yeah. in our previous mm-hmm. Top 100. But we, when we did it for the show, we both came out of that re- review being like, you know what, this is pretty great. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I hadn't seen well, this since, you know, since I was... Well, not young, young, but, mm-hmm. you know, a good decade at least prior. Well, uh... I think this is like a classic case of, yeah, you probably watch something when you're in maybe late middle school or high school or something when you're you know starting to get interested in movies and you're checking out the classics and then you probably watch it and like, oh, that's pretty good. And then but then, yeah, you know, we're watching it now as, you know, seasoned pros. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, and, so that's what we are. And you start to realize like, oh, no, this is like brilliant. Yeah, like the acting is great and um there's lots of like really cool interesting shots and uh obviously you know brian de palma yeah cinematography is great i I, like the actual you know the prom sequence when things go bad Mm -hmm. the look in carrie's face as her face is covered in blood is exceptional (laughs) and there's great music it's got all these you know the subtext is obviously there Mm -hmm. that's been about a young woman growing up and like the you know, it's, it's about the it's about repression it's about the fears mm-hmm. of a woman being sexual and all that stuff and her mother mm-hmm. is just one of the easiest okay. to hate characters of <laughs> yes. like cinema she's so easy to hate and mm-hmm. honestly like stephen king like quite often stephen king has a now admittedly i know this is the movie so they may have like adjusted things mm-hmm. a little bit but typically i think of stephen king as not being very good at ending stories 
But I think mm-hmm. Carrie ends very, very well. And I think it's one of Absolutely. his... Yeah. I think, for, like, there's about four or five movies that, based on Stephen King stories that I think are actually great. And I think Carrie mm-hmm. was one that I'd never considered to be that great until we did it for the show. And I was like, you know what? I've obviously grown a lot and become a mm-hmm. lot more... Like, my taste has solidified a lot. Mm-hmm. I feel like it, it jumped up immensely for me on that viewing and i, I just watched that yeah. again recently i watched it last month in october oh, nice. and mm-hmm. yeah it, it holds up it, it's paced very well uh, mm-hmm. on top of obviously sissy spacek as the as the lead nancy mm-hmm. allen's great as the billy character mm-hmm. uh, you got spielberg's wife in there and then you've got uh john travolta, travolta. in a small mm-hmm. role like everyone's good it looks gorgeous mm-hmm. and it it, ha- it's, it just builds up perfectly and it's it all, it's all about something it's it's the perfect mm-hmm. concoction it's a very unique horror movie because it is just building up to one big horrific scene but it yeah it very much works yeah but you know they do such a good job of building it up though like you can you know it like it's hard to blame her for doing what she did oh, like, yeah like, you know what i mean like uh like obviously you shouldn't do that but uh like you know her life is just so uh like sad like you really feel for her like she's just constantly you know like you just want her to have a win so bad and then one time that you know it looks like things are maybe like going her way like everything goes to shit it, it puts um, you in her head very effective you understand why she thinks the way she does and why yeah. she's mm-hmm. been like why she has this really sheltered view of the world because of how her mom's mm-hmm. raised her and talks to her and so on yeah. and it's a uh, it's so funny like i don't i don't know if this is necessarily true or if it's just you know kind of lore or whatever but they say that like um yeah I, yeah i think stephen king was like struggling for a while to you know get anything sold or published and i i believe the story goes is that he you know kind of like threw this away in the trash or whatever and like his wife uh you know pulled it out it was like no this is actually like, pretty good like yeah i've heard should. that i've heard this yeah. as well although the more specific detail that i heard was that when he threw it out he said i, I what business have i got writing a story about a girl growing right, up yeah. i don't know anything <laughs> about that uh, and that's why it's kind of key that his wife's the one that took it out. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. This is good. Venny shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, uh, yeah, and I'm pretty sure that's like his first book published. And then like, you know, the movie, you know, the right sold right away. And then, you know, if this movie wasn't so big and popular, I'm, you know, I wonder what, you know, Stephen King's career would look like if. That's true. Yeah, because like he wasn't know. Stephen King yet, really. Like he, he hadn't yeah. developed that credibility. So it's, yeah, it's, it's wild. Like people are advertising the movie, like you know, based on the book by Stephen King. People are like, who? <laughs> like, and uh, how many of his movie adaptations are shit? Like, he gets so lucky that this one was good. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, I, I mean, I love Stephen King to death, you know. But yeah, I agree. There's probably like only a handful of his movies that stand out as being like legitimately good. Like, there's probably a lot that are, you know, fun, bad, or or whatever. But, um, I mean, there's definitely <laughs> plenty mm. that are like unwatchable. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this is like top tier. All right, Tim, what was your number 31? Uh, my number 31 would be The Lighthouse. Oh, very. That's, that has to be a new entry because it didn't exist last time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may continue. Uh, I mean, you know, we were just talking about uh, Robert Eggers uh, earlier. I love his stuff. Uh, this is such a great <laughs> demented like look into madness. <laughs> like just uh, these two people uh, wonderfully going crazy together uh you know willem dafoe and and robert pattinson uh they just work so well off each other and um 
you know, it, it looks great. Uh, and again, it's another one that's just like very weird and, and off putting, but uh, it's very hypnotic, you know, watching the, you know, these two men just go crazy together. Yeah. Uh, no, it's definitely a, a hell of a watch. And I feel like I might appreciate it more in a second viewing, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely I love the, the distinct visual style, the choice to do it, and it was basically a four by three to make the lighthouse look tall, <laughs> stuff like that. Uh, I, I I very much appreciate it, and I like the witch a lot. I think I think I'm excited for Nosferatu because I think Nosferatu and the style of the witch is something that I very much think is going to click together for me. Oh, um, absolutely, yeah. So I'm I'm excited for that. All right, my yeah. number thirty one which is up a little bit actually from 40 is ginger snaps Ooh, okay you may continue oh so uh, uh, frankly i think it's the best werewolf movie that's ever been made uh it's funny <laughs> that i've got this paired next to carrie because they're both movies about oh that's true yeah. girls you know hitting puberty and blossoming as well and carrie it was telekinesis and ginger snaps the analogy for menstruation is the werewolf cycle <laughs> and becoming a monster so you can see some parallels there between the two movies but mm-hmm. uh, Catherine Isabel's great as Ginger Emily Perkins is great as the sister whose name I can't remember off the top of my head uh, but they are these best friends and sisters and then Ginger gets bit by a werewolf and starts to become more sexualized because she's starting to get a thirst for for meat for some man meat and at first she thinks it's just for sex reasons but then it's like no 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 she wants the blood she wants the meat <laughs> uh and our sisters try to like solve the problem and maybe cure her maybe figure out whatever uh i love just how like odd this movie feels in terms of its world and tone because it really feels that like these two kind of emo gothy sisters who are kind of outcasts uh trying to stay away because the, the movie opens with them doing their art project which is a series of photographs where they look like they've been killed in various ways mm-hmm. so you get this like all these photographs as the credits play over them and then that's kind of sets up the tone of the movie and the kind of the it feels that like we're seeing the entire world through their outlook and they're in canada it's a canadian movie <laughs> maybe this this may be the highest ranking canadian maybe movie the on best my list. Canadian movie, yeah. it may be yeah i'd have to <laughs> double check what, what other movies count as canadian but I uh, I think this is great. I, I think the way it builds to the werewolf stuff, the werewolf, yeah, the werewolf looks solid. For, you know, I think the werewolf mm. werewolves are tough to do in movies. Like so many of them end up looking That's bad. Fair, yeah. But I think I remember the first time I saw this. I just caught it late night on like the Sci Fi Channel, and I remember just having it on in the background. And then as it was playing, I got sucked into the story. I, I really started to care about it and cared about what was happening. And before I knew it, I was sitting down just watching the movie. Uh, back, you know, this is back at the tail end of when that was still a thing for me, was just catching movies on TV, because it's been a long time since I've done that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, I found Ginger Snaps and thought it was a, an instant gem for me. Uh, and it probably wasn't even that old when I saw it, because it only came out in 2000, what, two? Something like that? No, 2000. I think it was 2000. So yeah, that, that's kind of funny. We might have talked about this on on the show, but even though it's yeah, two thousand, still feels like it has like a little bit of that like nineties, mm. you know, like charm and aesthetic to it. Um, but no, I mean, I, I agree. Yeah, this is a lot of fun. Uh, I think the one of the big selling points is yeah, the two leads uh, just they work really well off each other, and you know they're very likable. And uh, I do think the 
like you said, yeah, it is hard doing werewolves, and I'm assuming they didn't have like a huge budget. So I do think some of the werewolf stuff maybe falls like a little bit for me, but um, it's not you know that big a deal. It's still a very entertaining, watchable movie. Yeah, I love it a lot. That's my number thirty-one. What is your number thirty, Tim? Uh, I, I forget if this is an unhold. Uh, you might have mentioned it earlier, but my number thirty is audition. I think I did. I think that is an unhold. Okay. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it was fifty-eight. You, you're free to continue. Yeah, I mean, uh, this is another one where it's. I mean, uh, you know, it, it, it's been out for a, a while, so people probably know. I guess kind of the spoiler or oh, whatever. Uh, but new entry for you, by the way. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, if for some reason you don't know what it's about or you just, if you're going into it cold or, or whatever, uh, you know, there, it, the first, well, I don't know, half or, or so of the movie, you probably wouldn't even know it, it's a horror movie, uh, at all. Like it feels like, you know, a romantic comedy, which, <laughs> you know, it, it's, uh, and I, I just love that. Yeah. It takes so much time to set that up, uh, which makes the horror like such a swerve, you know, it, it kind of um, has the cycle structure where you, you're just kind of yeah. doing a simple plot in the first half, uh, kind of the awkward romance about a guy who fakes a movie to have casting auditions, but he's actually just looking for a girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> and the movie's about how he gets his comeuppance. Cause that's obviously not a good thing to do. He's auditioning right. girlfriends. That's pretty <laughs> shitty. Yeah. Uh, under the guise of giving them a job mm-hmm. but uh, you know given the the, the poster you pr- you're probably going oh, to go uh, yeah. at least at least knowing that he gets more than he bargained for with the lady yeah i mean you know this was part of the like what early 2000s kind of i mean the movie's like from the 90s but you know it was like that kind of 2000s wave of like was, oh like japanese horror is hot right now yeah i remember tartan mm-hmm. video which was the dvd label mm-hmm, in the mm-hmm. uk uh, that did Ringu. They also like instantly. Here's Grudge. Here's Audition. Here's <laughs> Dark Water. Here's all these stuff. All these movies from that sort of t- era in Japan. Yeah, and then it's just so like I. I don't think I knew like the exact plot or whatever going into. It. I just knew it was like one of those ones that people talk about. Like, oh, it's really messed up. Like, yeah, just watch it. And then, uh, yeah, this is another one where like I feel like the the ending is you know very iconic, very memorable. Like. You know, people remember the sound she's making as she's doing a very specific thing, and then um, I just remember a bag. Oh, that I mean that too. That again, like you're talking about, you know, most of the movie you're going through thinking it's this one thing, and uh, yeah, once it, it cuts to the bag, it's like everything changes. Yeah, the movie just grinds <laughs> to a halt, but not in a bad way. Because yeah. like, usually when I say that, I mean it's a bad thing for pacing. This like yeah. grinds to a halt and says, "No, no, 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 no. <laughs> this is what this movie is." Yeah, <laughs> and in this one occasion, it works out quite well because it, it's mm-hmm. really like cool. So, yeah, yeah. Audition, very nice pick. That's number thirty for you. My number thirty, down a little bit from eighteen, is Prince of Darkness. What could be an unhold? Actually, now I'm thinking about it. Oh, I, I know I have it somewhere. It just uh, depends. <laughs> uh, I could, yeah. Um, I might even be able to tell you where you've got it if, if you've already said it. Okay, yeah, I had it at 42. There we go. Yeah, John Carpenter movie, which I feel like was gets underappreciated. So I think you having it in your 40s and me having it at the top of my 30s mm-hmm. is probably it's nice to give it some some love because I feel like people do gloss over it and, and don't like it. I, I love this movie. 
it's so good it's yeah basically they find like this weird chamber of liquid <laughs> that is giving off energy and it's being studied in a church because they th- and it's maybe like demonic in nature or something and I mean, like, it's liquid satan basically yeah. you've got donald pleasance playing a priest you've got this team of like college students who come in to like mm-hmm. study and research it and so the movie's set in this church but outside the church you see like like more and more homeless people like gravitating towards the building and as the movie goes on you realize that it's maybe building up to some kind of apocalypse and it's just it's so cool and i I can't really spoil it but one of my favorite things about the movie is there's a few little things they do that really hint at this much larger mythology that it only just Mm kind of like teases but there's this idea of i'll just say there's an idea of like at least one of the characters getting some information from somewhere and it's such a cool little idea that's <laughs> that just expands what the movie really is that i really love i love the i like the ending a lot um yeah for, for me like this is honestly john carpenter's last great movie i know you like in the mouth of man this and i know other people do mm-hmm. too but for me this is his last great movie is prince of darkness yeah i mean i really like when john carpenter gets weird like this is like a weird ass movie and yeah I, that's one of the reasons why i like in the mouth of madness is i think it was like really weird too like i like him just going like <laughs> kind of crazy uh and this is is such a bizarre movie but that's what makes it like so cool and interesting and um and obviously it's carpenter so you know the score is good you know it looks awesome and there's really badass moments uh yeah there's a lot to love about it and uh, i agree like you said it it's a little odd that yeah it's kind of like forgotten about like obviously horror fans know it, but you know it, it hasn't broken through the cultural conscience like yeah. you know, halloween or thing has you know i think there is a group of people who don't think it's that good i think it does get shot really? on by some people which is a shame because i actually think it's really Fools. good <laughs> I, I think it's better than some of the movies that people hold up higher from john carpenter um sure yeah uh, no obviously obviously there's some that i like more which we'll get mm-hmm. to, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Prince of Darkness is my number thirty. Tim, what is your twenty nine? That'd be Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Uh, uh, this is down for you. You had it at eighteen last time. Uh, okay. Also, you may continue. I feel like a lot of the stuff that's gone down, they've been like just down by ten. Yeah, <laughs> it seems there's, to be, there's uh... been a few of those recently. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, uh, I love this movie. This is like another. Yeah, you know, I've been talking about you know uh, a lot of movies that i haven't had much nostalgia for this i have a ton of nostalgia for i think i saw it like uh at a sleepover once and just you know knowing who freddy was but not really and seeing the other movies just being very like perplexed by it and it's also like probably an example of like the first kind of like meta (laughs) thing i've seen um yeah i just love this to death like i i love the ideas of like when you have um you know like meta stories about like you know, stories or, or characters kind of breaking out into the real world. And I, I think it's just such a clever idea of, yeah, like a, a demon who, you know, is taking on the guise of, you know, the, this like actual, like, you know, scary pop culture figure to, you know, in, instill fear and stuff. And then working all like the, you know, like real life actors and stuff into it. I, I just think it's so fun. Uh, I, I think it's really smart. Um, my one critique is one uh, critique is like yeah, there's some like CGI stuff that 
doesn't super hold up and you know, some of the people that aren't really actors like mm. like bob shay and stuff like are, <laughs> you know they, they stand out a bit but i still think it's such a, a solid movie and so fun and has so many cool ideas i i, I really love it which is saying something he's just playing himself like you're just playing bob yeah. shay bob shay <laughs> can't you do bob shay <laughs> uh yeah i mean I, I think it's a really cool concept for me i don't think it is a completely satisfying movie i think the pacing is a bit awkward at times and it sounds really fun on paper, but I don't think the movie actually is that fun. So I, I, mm-hmm. I think I'm a bit more lukewarm in Wes Craven's New Nightmare, but I get why people like it. And again, like I'll, I'll totally admit a lot. I, again, I do have a lot of nostalgia for it, and I mean I've said before that you know Nightmare is like one of my really favorite go-to franchises. So yeah, mm-hmm. there's a lot of love um, for me going into it. All right, my number twenty-nine was a new entry, and it is Happy well, Death that- Day. Oh. Oh, oh crap! Uh, all right, so that was twenty-eight for me. I guess I just skipped. 29. <gasps> oh no! Well, I'll change your number to we'll twenty-eight. Go back to it. Yeah, I'll change your yeah. that to twenty-eight, and you can tell me 20, 29 next. Okay, oh, sorry. You silly sausage. Okay, my number twenty-nine is Happy Death Day. Continue. <laughs> yeah, I figured as much. Yeah, I loved Happy Death Day. This was one that as soon as it came out, and I saw it in theaters, I just instantly kind of fell in love with it. Um, it's a very light horror film as far as the horror goes. Mm. Obviously, you've got this character being stalked and killed, but the main premise of the movie is it's a Groundhog Day-style loop movie where this character tree is waking up after being murdered every time and knows she's going to be murdered and tries to solve it. But what makes it work, like all the best time loop movies, particularly Edge of Tomorrow or obviously Groundhog Mm. Day itself, is that there's a really great character arc where she starts off being entertaining even though she's kind of shitty but as the movie goes on becomes better and grows and the way she evolves and the way it shows her evolving like every time loop movie has that that i don't even know if there's a name for it but it's like Mm -hmm. that first few minutes when they wake up where all the things (coughs) that happen every time to show that that she's living the same day again Mm -hmm. and then how she like sort of slightly changes them as each loop happens and interacts with them that thing is such a set in stone thing throughout the movie that i i just i, I loved it so um it's a lot of fun uh i i think it's entertaining i think it's got a very very witty script in how it mm-hmm. tells its story and i think um yeah it's i just yeah <laughs> it it's a lot of fun. I, I don't think I may have as, as much of a love uh, for it as, as some other people, but I mean, I, I do think it was good. Um, I think especially the, you know, uh, performance from the, the lead actress. She's great. I'm surprised that you know, she hasn't really popped up, uh, or at least as far as I know, hasn't popped up in too much else, uh, or at least stuff that's been on my radar, but she's great. Yeah, um, I like her a lot too. She was in a, an episode or two of an Amazon show recently. I, yeah. I, I do hope to see her in more stuff uh, as time goes on. Mm-hmm. Um because yeah, she's great in that, that 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 and the sequel, she's really good on. So uh... yeah, she's she's a good actress, but God, I I hate the sequel so much. That might be one of the reasons why I look down on this movie a, a little bit because the sequel is just one of the worst things I've ever seen. I disagree with that assessment. That so bad. <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> Come on, Tim. We have seen absolute shite on our show. Mm. You cannot tell me Happy Death Day Two is on the same realm <laughs> as some garbage like Leprechaun back to the hood <laughs> probably watch that over that i'm <laughs> sure you would you sick bastard all right well that was my number 29 or right, so you should be going to your 28 but you just did 20. your 28 so now you're going right. back to your 29 it's like a time loop uh uh-huh 
<laughs> uh, this might be an unholy. I forget if you mentioned it before, but my number twenty nine is Psycho Two. Uh, yeah, yeah. I actually had this all uh, down at ninety three. <laughs> it was a while ago. But yeah, <laughs> very good. Uh, I, I don't know. I I just really love this movie, and I think what we did on the show is a relatively new watch for me. Uh, I. I, I think for a long time, I just assumed the Psycho sequels were shit. I mean, <laughs> well, you know, why would they have any reason to be good? And that is one of those ones where I, you know, bought the box set because, uh, you know, horror, I like physical uh, horror collector. I like physical media and mm-hmm. all this stuff. And then I went to have the box set. And then I was so pleasantly surprised when I watched this. I was, I was uh, it was really funny. It was really smart. Uh, I think it's very unique again in, you know, the realm of horror movies, like, I, I can't think of any other movie that really does this premise where you have just, you know, the villain, this absolute, you know, like evil person from the first one. And he's like totally rehabilitated in this. Like he's like, you know, trying to be a good person. And I think it's so fascinating that the world, the town, like everything in the movie is fighting against him, just trying to be normal and good. Like, you know, he just wants to kind of be left alone and, you know, do his thing in peace. But like everything about the movie uh, wants him to be like, no, no, uh, you are the psycho. Remember, <laughs> you, you must uh, start killing people again. Uh, <laughs> I, I just think it's a really fun, fascinating watch. Yeah, I'd seen this once before we did it on the show. I bought the the, the Scream Factory Blu-ray when it came out mm-hmm. about a decade or so ago. And w- uh, yeah, I remember enjoying it at the time and thinking, oh, that was actually pretty good, despite the fact that I, you know, I wasn't sure what to expect from a sequel to Psycho. And obviously the first one's this masterpiece that changed the the face of horror and all the rest of it. So it's never going to be equal to that. But Psycho 2 does have a unique premise. It it makes the villain from the first movie, this sympathetic lead who's trying to be normal and everyone else is almost forcing him to like not be normal. And it's kind of sad. It's like a tragedy watching this movie play out. Mm-hmm. And there's killings happening and everyone thinks it's him and it may be him. We don't know as the audience, but that's mm-hmm. part of what the movie is. Uh, yeah, Psycho Two is kind of great. It's a it's a great little movie, honestly. Yeah, like, it's very like campy. I feel like which I, I really mm. love. Like the line I always think about that still makes me laugh is, I think like there's like an angry person at the restaurant or whatever he's working at. I think they say something like, "Why don't you go kill someone?" And he just snaps at him and goes, "I don't do that anymore." <laughs> <laughs> it's just like so funny. <laughs> nah, there's great little moments like the, the woman that he's helping like hands him a knife when she's making some food and then she sort of looks at it and goes oh no what have i just done <laughs> no and, and perkins is great perkins makes the movie oh like, phenomenal yeah, yeah. It, it sing like uh, it's it's a genuine surprise of a movie uh psycho yeah. is great so and it's like it's another one where this one isn't like overtly meta i feel like like west craven's new nightmare or something uh but i mean i don't even know if it was the intention but it feels like a very meta movie to me because there's so much stuff like that where you know, it, it feels like the people in the movie are aware of like the movie Psycho. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, the way, it like, wasn't everyone's a, looking at him and stuff. Like, it wasn't a movie to them, but yeah, like they right. they, they are aware of what he did. <laughs> but it it just feels like they're like acting like the like yeah you know, we in the audience would and stuff, which uh, again just it's really funny and stuff. But oh, that's good. It's good. Yeah. Fun. Uh, my number twenty eight, which we're on now. Yes, uh, <laughs> is uh, an unhold. Uh, new oh. entry for me because it didn't exist really when we did the last list, and that is Train to Basan. Nice. Okay. Yeah, this is. You may continue. 
Well, I know I may continue. You already said it. <laughs> <laughs> Train to Busan is one of the best horror movies of the last like decade or so. It's one of the mm. best zombie movies. It it sort of staked its claim. It is now the the movie you think of when you think of zombies on a train. It, it is it is taking that. Uh, it's like you know, it's this dad re- taking his young daughter to, on a train to Busan to to leave her at her mother's. So. Right away at the start of the movie, it sets up these characters and their arcs. Like, this is a dad who's, like, cares too much about work and he's abandoning his mm-hmm. daughter. His daughter's upset about it. It sets up, like, teenagers on the train who are, might have, a, like, a, a romance or a flirtation with each other. There's, like, an evil, like, one of the most easy-to-hate evil characters. Like, there's this guy who's mm-hmm. just out for oh, himself. Yeah. But it sets up its own lore. It sets up its own zombie rules. And it sets up some mm-hmm. great set pieces where... They have to like try and sneak through a train car that's full of zombies. I won't say how they do it because that's a big part of the movie. But mm-hmm. all those little s- segments are all really exciting, and they're tense. It's got character arcs, and the ending is kind of beautiful and perfect. Mm-hmm. Like honestly, it's yeah, it's like it's it, as soon as I saw it, I was like, okay, all right, this is like mm-hmm. instantly in the top five zombie movies of all time. There's not even a question. Yeah, uh, actually, that, that might be a fun list if we do, like, a top 10 zombie movies or something. Oh, uh, we, some we, we totally uh, could. But, uh, yeah, this was another one, too, where it was... I feel like it was right at the time where, you know, I was so zombied out. <laughs> like, but this was such, like, a, a fresh a breath... Uh, or <laughs> a breath of fresh air. <laughs> like, uh, you know, it, it it's so cool. It's so fun. Uh, the characters are great. There's, like, this one guy you kind of, like, hate at first, and then he ends up becoming such, like, a... Yeah, not like the the villain, but you know, like the kind of like the more obnoxious guy. But then he ends up becoming like so badass, and he's like the hero almost, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and like the the zombies are really cool. They think of fun, new, inventive things. Um, there's like there's also like just like little stuff that I feel like I've never seen in zombie movies before, where like they're running from and like you know one guy is just like punching him in the face which is like <laughs> you know it's like it's just so cool and something like i never like oh yeah like you always see like people like shoot him or hit him with bats like you want to keep a distance but there's something about this so, so like cool and, and funny to be just like I, punching a zombie the logic i think is that if you're putting your hand near their mouth that's risky but right. this guy's like no i'm just going to punch them really quick in the yeah. face <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, it's great. But yeah, Trader Busan mm-hmm. is so good. And I enjoyed the sequel for what it was. Like it's not a bad movie. It fun. But it's yeah. not yeah, it's nothing compared to the original. Trader Busan's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. All right. That was my twenty eight, which takes us on to your twenty seven. That's twenty seven ten. <laughs> that would be the mist. Oh, I think that is a, a big fat hold. Uh All right. frankly, yeah. So All right. uh, uh, for the record though, that is a that's up for you. I think you had it at 40 last time. Okay. Very good. It makes sense there's more ups and downs now that we're getting like near the top <laughs> of the list. That just makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so that was your 27. My mm. 27 is down a little bit, but not by much. 19 it was last time. And that is the 2012 version of Maniac. Oh, okay. Yeah. Let me continue. <laughs> yeah, so I like the original. I had the original earlier on but i think the i was re- gonna say is this one of the few examples of having the original and the remake on the list kind of yeah i mean there's not a lot of examples of this uh mm-hmm. but i like the original a lot a, a lot for its own reasons of being you know the, the grimy late 70s early 80s new york and stuff the sequel 
ups the grime, even though it's set present day, by making <laughs> the entire thing shot from the POV of the killer. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what this movie is. Such a cool idea, yeah. And I didn't know that going to see... I went to see this in the theatre, not just thinking, oh, they made a remake of Maniac, that's a bit weird, but, I, you know, I've got time to kill, I'll go see it. And I remember just sitting there, because the opening scene's in POV, and I'm like, oh, so they're doing, like, a Halloween thing where the opening scene's in the POV. What You know, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's nice. And then it just kept going, and I went, wait a minute. This whole movie's like this, isn't it? And it, <laughs> yeah. it pretty much is. There's, there's, like, one moment late on where it does, like, a little spin around and shows you him but for the most part it's all entirely pov which just makes you feel dirty and sleazy because you're inside the head of a killer who's brutally murdering people it's, yeah it's like forcing you to to be in there even though even if you don't want to yeah uh and i love that i think it's great uh i remember it just been such a unique horror movie time and just mm-hmm. a really different perspective on the kill scenes and uh, you know literally pov <laughs> so yeah yeah just really good and elijah wood who's the the killer in this like let's be honest like i know people know him mainly for frodo but he's really good at playing creepy little weirdos that's why i think is really funny or interesting about it is seeing kind of the the difference between you know all right when you think of like what would be like a weird creepy guy in the 1970s you have you know that like very kind of i don't know like he feels very like slimy and over the top and like kind of you know, gross in the original Maniac, but then you think mm. of, all right, like, who would be kind of like, you know, who would be a creepy guy that would kind of put you on edge or whatever in, you know, the, the 2000s, and it's like, uh, oh, no, it's like, instead, you know, it's the maybe, like, quiet weirdo who maybe, like, looks at you a little too long or, you know, like, says, like, weird, creepy stuff. Like, it's, it does, a, it's interesting kind of see that, that change, um, but, yeah, I mean, Elijah Wood just does a great job with it. Yeah. And some people may just call it a gimmick, but honestly, like, mm-hmm. this perspective justifies the entire remake because it's just a very... Even yeah. though the plot roughly follows a lot of the same beats, it felt like such a fresh thing because it was doing it in this unique way. Uh, yeah. I dig it. I dig it a lot. That's, cool. That's uh, Maniac 2012. Uh, that was yeah, my... I think... Oh, yeah. I was like, uh, yeah, actually, I really like this movie a lot. And honestly, the maybe the only thing that kind of prevented me from putting it on the list is just I haven't watched it in a while. So sure, sure. Not well, really fresh in my mind. We but. haven't done either version on the show yet, so we're going to have to do them at some point. That's. Yeah. I, I think I mentioned before with the first one. I don't even think I've seen yeah. the original. So All the more reason. Yeah, I'm down. <laughs> All the more reason. Uh, next up, then, is your number 26. All right. Uh, this might be a hold. Uh, let's see. Uh, my number 26 is Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors. Hold! Okay. <laughs> uh, that's down for you. You had... Oh, no, sorry, it's up. You had that at 66 last time. Oh, my. Yeah, so that's up quite a bit for you. Uh, so your 26 was Elm Street 3. My number 26, which is down just slightly from 22, and that is Eyes Without a Face. Mm, okay. Yeah. You may continue. I figured... <laughs> Uh, no taste Tim no taste now this this is a movie from 1960 so it's around the same time as Psycho but it's a French film and it's about it's like a mad scientist style movie where this guy's trying to like kidnap women and steal their faces to give his daughter who's got a disfigured face uh, a new face but this disfigured daughter is going around wearing this like plain white mask where you can just see her eyes hence the title Eyes Without a Face uh, it's just really beautiful to look at it's really gothic and she's this kind of sympathetic 
I don't even even call her a villain in this because she's not really the villain. It's the dad that's the villain. It's everyone around her who's trying to do this awful thing on her behalf. But it makes you this kind of... I guess it's kind of, it does make you think of Frankenstein a little bit where you're kind of sympathizing with the... Not the monster in this case because she's not a monster. That'd be a horrible message <laughs> to send to people. No, but she... You sympathize with the subject of the, the scientist's like, tinkering, I guess, if to put it that way. Um... It's just beautiful. It's haunting, and I just remember I, I I tracked down the Criterion. You know, this wasn't even this was before Blu-ray. This was the Criterion DVD back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, although it does have a Blu-ray now and whatnot, but uh, excellent stuff. Uh, I do hope we do this in the show at some point as well because it's um, mm-hmm. it's it's a really beautiful film. Yeah, um, honestly, I don't really remember much about it other than just the the visual being very striking of that. You know, that mask looking at you yeah. is very creepy <laughs> yeah all right what was your number 25 uh so that would be another argento flick phenomena uh this is well i'll just tell you where you had this last mm-hmm. last time tim you had this at number eight nice <laughs> so you have you've dropped this considerably uh i mean i, I still gotta put it up there because I, I i love this movie um yeah i feel like there's a lot of yeah, you know, people. A lot of people have like you know their personal favorite uh, Argentos. Like I feel like, yeah, there's the ones that maybe are, you know, like everyone knows like Suspiria and stuff. But then I feel like everyone always has their like, well, yeah, that's the big one. But then like my personal favorite is like, uh, you know, this or that, and that that's phenomenal for me. Uh, I think it's such a cool, interesting movie. I love uh, the premise. Um, you have this serial killer going around and this girl who can talk to insects who is using them to help, you know, track down the killer. Uh, and of course I, I love my apes and horror cinema. And this has just one of the all time best, uh, horror movie apes ever. Um, I think it's so cool. Uh, again, it's, there's a lot of weirdness to it, which is why I, I really love it. If you can tell a lot of things I like that are just stuff that probably, doesn't make sense or shouldn't make sense but it's just so cool to watch and that's yeah. this for me <laughs> i've seen this movie i don't remember a thing about it uh i, I own it on <laughs> itunes though so oh yeah they will come when we can we, i don't think we've done it on the show so the day will oh, come surprising <laughs> yeah, yeah they will come we'll, we'll get mm-hmm. to it uh so that was your 25 my number 25 which is up considerably from number 65 last time is the invitation uh, so wait, was that an unhold? That's an unhold. You had this already. Okay, yeah. yeah, I remember because I joked about it being the vampire movie from. Yeah, I had it at forty-eight. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. This is a really simple movie. Logan Marshall Green plays this character who's invited to a dinner by an ex with his current girlfriend, and it's just this really social awkward thing where you're sort of like picking up on these little signs and everyone's being nice but he's uncomfortable the entire time and the direction from karen kusama is like really good at letting you know how he feels like constantly it's constantly just making you feel his discomfort and you don't want to spoil anything so you don't want to say where it goes but <laughs> like it feels like they're trying to not let them leave at a certain point and it goes from there there's, there's something cooking there's a horror element cooking under the surface and it feels weird to say anything else to be honest no i mean yeah this was another one that uh, i feel like was kind of surprised like i i feel like it kind of came out of nowhere and absolutely um, I, I feel like going into it because and and two it's from you know um 
the director of like Jennifer's Body, which uh, which is a movie I, I think is kind of fun, but it's not. You wouldn't expect like you know these two movies to be from the same director. Like it's. I think at the uh, time as well, people like I think now that movie's got a cult following, so I think a lot of people would actually sort of say, "Oh no, Jennifer's mm-hmm. Body's great," so obviously her next movie's great. But at the yeah. time, I don't think people were remembering Jennifer's Body that at least in uh, yeah. my circles, I didn't remember anyone thinking of it fondly. Yeah, it's had a little bit of a reappraisal, but yeah, at the time, I don't think people liked it. And I mean, even if you did like both movies, so I, I think they're so widely different tones. Uh, oh, yeah. Like, and, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think, like you were saying with this, it's so much about the the weird social awkwardness. And, you know, uh, again, like, um, I feel like there's a lot of movies on the list that kind of have this example of that where, you know, there's this kind of tension, but it's not necessarily like from horror. Uh, which then kind of is elevated by yeah once the horror is introduced, um, and man, uh, what's the what's the name of the guy from Zodiac? Is it John Carroll Lynch? Or? Oh yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, uh, he's also he's also in season two of uh, Channel Zero and a few yes, other things. Yeah. yeah, uh, he's yeah, I bet he's probably like one of those dudes that's just like the nicest, warmest guy in real life, but he does such a good job of like being such like an intimidating yeah. uh, force. Like... Low, low key intimidating as well for a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's really well done and it's only risen in my memory since we mm-hmm. did it. And you know, I've not even watched it since we did it, but it's, it's left such an impression. Yeah. I think I recently bought it uh, like when it was on sale on like, um, you know, iTunes or voodoo or, or something. Cause mm. I, I've been wanting to rewatch it, but yeah, I, I haven't seen it since then either, but it's, such a good movie it left such a good memory in my my brain all right what's your number 24 <clears throat> that would be army of darkness very good last time you had this at 14 so it's dropped quite a bit Ooh. okay uh i mean you know i, I love my bruce campbell uh, uh you know i love the the evil dead films obviously this is very more into you know the comedic territory and it's starting to get into like that kind of jerky bruce campbell that you know we all know and, and love but i mean there's so many great moments so many memorable lines uh it's so funny lots of good you know like practical effects and it looks great uh yeah i mean it's such a fun blast i can you know this is very easy movie to just put on if you just you know <laughs> need to kill a few uh like you know it's not very long but yeah if you just need a little kill a little over an hour like in an afternoon or something it's very watchable yeah, I I enjoy Army of Darkness. I think over time I've realized it's my least favorite of the Evil Dead movies because, mm-hmm. you know, I like the Evil Dead movies I've realized to be more towards the crazy horror that's more right, serious, yeah. I guess. But I, I enjoy the goofier elements. I think Bruce Campbell's immensely entertaining in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so many of his sequences are very quotable. And yes, it's a bu- mm-hmm. bunch of fun. Didn't make my list, but it's a bunch of fun. Mm-hmm. Although I think it did last yeah. time. But not this time. I mean, I, I think it's understandable because, yeah, it is, like, veering away from the serious horror that, you know, <laughs> was uh, established in a lot of the other movies and stuff. So I, I totally get it. But, yeah, I mean, it's still so much fun. I can't. I mean, it's another one of those movies, too, where I just, I felt like I watched this so much in high school. <laughs> like, it is, sure. you know, such a fun movie with me and my friends that have a lot of love for it. All right. Well, my number 24 is a new entry for me. <laughs> And it is The Blob from 1988. Was that an unhold? I think I had that. It may be an unhold. Uh, 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 you tell well, me. Y- you may continue. I'll, I'll look it up. 
<laughs> uh, you did, yeah, you had it earlier. You had it at 71. Okay. So Yeah, there it is. Yeah, I hadn't seen this the last time we did the list. I, I watched this for Ace, because uh, it's also sci-fi. A couple... I think it was a relatively new watch for me over yeah. the last couple of years, too. And I was I was expecting to have fun, but I was kind of blown away by how much fun I had, because it's got cheesy characters and it's got all the, the goofier elements, but I wasn't expecting it to be as legitimately funny as it was. Uh, there's there's laugh-out-loud lines of dialogue repeatedly throughout this movie. Mm-hmm. And the big winner, though, is the absurdly amazing practical effects, where it just Absolutely. does yeah. insane stuff with its, with its, you know, its blobby goo and has people, like... Mm-hmm disintegrating inside the blob or it has like faces being ripped off or it has people being pulled down like sink drains and <laughs> yeah. just crazy stuff like that where i enjoy the 50s blob as a sort of b movie from the 50s but the 80s one just takes everything and just makes it better just makes it this crazy <laughs> 80s over the top i don't know who did the practical effects but whoever it was was just going as far as they could get away with and it's just it's so entertaining as a result no i mean yeah it's so much fun and i didn't really know what to expect because yeah it's not one that i feel like people talk about all the time uh but i think i I might have just randomly picked it up when it came out on blu-ray or or i might have had a friend like oh no you should check it out i think what kind of sold me is finding out that um yeah it was it was the same guys that did uh dream warriors i believe it was uh you know frank darabont wrote it and then uh was it chuck russell that directed it i don't even think um, i realized that but that explains yeah. <laughs> a few things but i mean yeah i mean you, you can yeah if you look at both movies uh you know they're both very funny uh and you know has memorable characters and oh geez and, but... tim like one of the funniest things of any movies in this it, it's there's a couple who go to the movies to watch a horror mm-hmm. movie and it's a knockoff of Friday the 13th and mm-hmm. there's a line of dialogue in this fake Friday the 13th that I'm I'm just, I'm, I'm almost getting the giggles thinking about it. I don't want to spoil it, but it's just, <laughs> it, it just, it, it broke me. It broke me. Right. It's, it, it's intentionally very funny. Okay. I, I have to rewatch it. Cause I, I've only seen this probably once or maybe twice, but uh, so it's not like super fresh in my, my head. So I, it probably is due for a rewatch, but yeah. yeah. I mean, I had this all the way up in my 20s, which just shows you how much of an impression it left. Uh, yeah. Well, that's a new watch for me. All right, what is your number 23? That would be An American Werewolf in London. Uh, yeah, this is an unhold, so you can uh, go for it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think this is just uh, phenomenal. I mean, you were saying, you know, Ginger Snaps is your favorite werewolf movie. I mean, this is easily mine, which is probably not, you know, <laughs> a, a super hot take or, or whatever it's probably a, a lot of people's but i mean i think it's just a movie that's firing on all cylinders uh you know it has uh a very likable you know uh cast uh you know the main character you know his lo- love interest uh you know work very well together his you know dead best friend who shows up as a ghost which is like a little bit of lore that i i love um that you don't really see in like other werewolf stuff but uh, i mean similar to like you were just saying with the blob um you know the big thing that people associate with this movie is the practical effects you know especially the transformation sequence which is just like top notch yeah I mean, it's 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 some of the like there's there's i don't know what contenders are better as far as werewolf movies go but this is one of the better looking werewolves and yeah certainly any anything from this era for sure yeah but yeah i mean i i, I love it it's yeah it's great <laughs> yeah no it's 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 a uh, very good i had it a bit lower down obviously mm-hmm. but it's 
it is one of the best werewolf movies for sure i think the the likability of the main character the the sweetness that the romance actually has him and jenny agarter actually have chemistry and it yeah. kind of feels like they care about each other so yeah it does feel like a tragedy where you know when it has to go down the path of being more of a werewolf movie so you know i'll I'll give a compliment to the the happy death day sequel because uh the the sequel to this is probably the worst thing we've ever done <laughs> <laughs> that that oh. is such garbage <laughs> american wolf in paris like i'm just i'm getting flashbacks right now of a bungee jump scene bungee off of jumping. the eiffel tower <laughs> oh dear lord uh i don't even remember the context of what happens because of the bungee jumping i just remember there being bungee jumping that looked really bad mm. I want to say we did it on Octoberthon maybe last year or the year before, so people can look that up if they haven't seen the review. That was a, a fun one. Just There's a lot to complain about in that oh, the, the, There was discussions to be had. I think that's mm-hmm. fair to say. So, uh, yeah, that was your number, what, 23? Three. 23. Uh, my number 23, uh, which is up from 42, although I suspect you're going to yell hold at me, is mm-hmm. A Nightmare on Elm Street. Yes, please hold. <laughs> yes, I, I had a feeling you may want to hold that one. All right, <laughs> well, like not a phone operator. <laughs> in that case, what's your number 22? <laughs> All right, get ready for this hot take. Oh, this is going to be the quickest oh, no. hold in history. Oh, uh, no. My number 22 is Halloween 1978. Hold! <laughs> hold! I'll be, I thought you were going to say Leprechaun, Tim. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> no. The the choice is not a hot take. Probably having it that low is probably a hot take. But um, come I at mean, me. <laughs> it is down. You had this at thirteen last time, so mm-hmm. your opinion has objectively got worse. <laughs> that's just that's just facts at this point. Mm-hmm. All right. So that was your twenty two. My number twenty two mm-hmm. down two spots from number twenty is the cabin in the woods. Oh, hold. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, well, let's see. Okay, now we're speeding up a little bit. We've got all these holds. <laughs> Very good. All right. In that case, what was your number 21? It follows. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? I need, I need to put this in. This is the problem when I need to hold yours. I still need to like find the seconds to put in your uh, your number. All right, uh, 21 was that? 21? 21. Uh, you had that at number six last time. That is... <laughs> The years have not been kind. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, and they follow as a thing, or it's going to be a thing now, next year. Uh, okay, so, yeah, I mean, that could potentially be another runner in, you know, I, I feel like this year was a little disappointing for horror, but I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm next, starting to get excited for next year. <laughs> next year we've got Eggers Nosferatu, and they follow by the same, like, director-actor team. Like, Sad. Things could be looking up. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe it won't be an easy fight for best horror next year. Now that I'm yeah. thinking about it, um, do you know what? I actually think we did it falls so early that I I was thinking it's one that we have to redo, and that will be a great excuse to do it. Oh sure, as yeah. when the new one's coming out. Yeah, that's actually perfect. Yeah. Okay. Anywho, uh, that was your twenty-one. My mm. number twenty-one, uh, which is down just slightly from seventeen, is Insidious. Oh, okay. You may continue. Oh, I may continue. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I loved Insidious when I saw it. It was one of those <laughs> pleasant surprises where I went to the theater. I I wasn't expecting much because I knew it was the guy that made Saw, <laughs> and I was like, eh, mm-hmm. it's probably not going to be very good." <laughs> 
and I, I, you know, don't have a big tolerance for generic supernatural, you know, as a ghost in the house or as a ghost mm-hmm. possessing one of the kids kind of movies. But this movie, first of all, is this grab bag where there's actually multiple ghosts all trying to get mm-hmm. to the kid. So a lot of the jump scares are all very different because it's all different types of ghosts and demons that are doing it. And then on top of that, the mythology that it kind of builds up to and starts to reveal is so much fun. It, it builds up this whole myth- idea of the further backstory for the parent. You got Lynn Shays, the paranormal kind of expert. And I think the third act is so good at like taking all the pieces and building a really cool like new movie universe out of it where i'm like okay that was really interesting and then the ending i think is perfect where it kind of like you realize what the the purpose of the whole movie was and i just i don't know it left such a great impression on me where i'm like you know what that was so much fun it felt like just creativity just you know coming out of a fountain and just you know doing whatever they could to have have more and more better scares and have it all feel coherent and fit together in a way that it made sense I had a great time with Insidious. Yeah, no, it was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, again, it was interesting. Yeah, see them kind of building uh, this world uh, to the point where, yeah, the new movie just came out this year. If people want to check out our, our review of The Red Door. Which, uh, yeah, just a few weeks ago we did that. But yeah, a, a lot of fun, though. I, I like this movie. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Uh, <laughs> I do like part three, which you had, but uh, I like mm-hmm. I like the first one more. It's still very fair. Still the first one that holds up for me. I am interrupting this broadcast to unfortunately tell you this is the end of this episode. We recorded numbers forty through number one, and ultimately it was just too long. It was three and a half hours or so in length, and it's actually too big for the audio feed to handle. The size limit would be would be completely obliterated. So what was once part three is now being split into part three and part four. This is the end of part three, and you can get the final 20 entries in the next episode. You're not going to have to wait too long, though, because uh, this was all scheduled out to be this week. You're going to get the second half this week as well, or the fourth quarter, I suppose, more precisely. Uh, You'll get that in two days. This is going out on Tuesday. You'll get the, uh, the final part on Thursday. And funnily enough, uh, Screams After Midnight going forward will probably be out on Thursdays when it's out. And the public episodes about every two weeks will be on Thursdays starting from part four of of this. So consider this a transition week, if you will. But uh, hopefully you enjoyed this part of the countdown. Um, I'm just recording this little outro separately from uh, everything else because this decision had to be made after the fact. But uh, let us know what you thought of our picks in the comments, like, subscribe, support us on Patreon, all the usual thing. I won't waste your time. We'll see you for the final part in a couple days. Keep watching scary movies. Goodbye.